over Second Corinthians chapter one, if you would. Second Corinthians chapter one. Second Corinthians chapter one. We're going to begin reading there in verse number ten. If you want to go ahead and look there and follow along. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse number 10. Who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you word. For we write none other things unto you than that ye read or acknowledge, and I trust ye shall acknowledge even to the end. As also you have acknowledged in us, us in part that ye are your rejoicing, that we are your rejoicing, even as ye are also our hour in the day of the Lord Jesus. And in this confidence I was minded to come unto you before that ye might have a second benefit. Lord, we thank you for loving us. Lord, thank you for the privilege to open up your word tonight to study. I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that we would learn to trust in you. Lord, to lean on you. I pray, Lord, that you would just encourage us tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would just strengthen um, every Christian. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to stand strong, not in our strength, but, Lord, the strength that you give us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight I want to look at the, the subject, and we're going to be looking and studying tonight, is learning to lean. It's a simple message, but I think it's one that I think every one of us, we need to be reminded of. Um, it's easy to, uh, to, to, to have difficulties come in our life, and oftentimes they are self-inflicted because we're not learning to lean on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when you look in the Word of God, look throughout the Old Testament, all the way through the New Testament Scriptures, we see God constantly delivering His people. I want you to think about that, that theme for just a moment, okay? Let's think about deliverance. I'm talking about learning to lean, but I want to lay the, the reason why we need to learn to lean. And I'm going to think about deliverance for a moment. I want you to help me out for just a few moments. Let's think about people or uh, peoples in the, the Old and New Testament that were delivered by God because they trusted in God. They leaned on Him. Anybody, let's get some examples. Who has God delivered? Yeah, Moses, absolutely. The children of Israel. God using the rod of Moses and uh, God working through the power um, of working through Moses and, and God delivering them. Exactly right. What's another? God delivered. Somebody can think of. Yeah, Noah, absolutely. That was a big deliverance. Um, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God delivered him and his family. Um, God allowed for them to be able to prepare for the judgment that was coming. Um, and, God, and God delivered them. Absolutely. Good. What else? Somebody else. Yeah, Owen. Yeah, David. How did God deliver him? Yeah, from a big old giant. David was probably like your size. And the giant was probably like Mr. Bill over here. You know, and, and God delivered him. That's exactly right. Good job, Owen. Yes, sir. Enoch. Yeah, absolutely. God did deliver Enoch. There's no doubt about that. God, God delivered him. And, and expound on that a little bit. Delivered him, walked him right into heaven. Right into heaven. That's exactly right. And he was not. 
And so God delivered him. And um, that's an interesting, that whole thing's an interesting thing to me. You know, you think about the two witnesses in Revelation, very possible it was going to be Enoch that's going to come. And so but God did deliver him and he will deliver him again if he is the witness. That's good. Another, another one. Good. Daniel, absolutely, in the lion's den. That's exactly right. Daniel in the lion's den. I'm thinking of some more. Can you think of some more? Uh, he delivered Nineveh, absolutely right, after he delivered Jonah out of the belly of the whale. That's right. He delivered Nineveh, and because and, Nineveh repented, absolutely, and so did Jonah. Yes. Somebody else said something. Oh, you said Jonah. Okay, good. Yeah, Joseph. That's exactly right. Joseph, all right, out of a pit, out of a dungeon, out of a dungeon, absolutely, out of being uh, hungry. Yes, there's a lot of deliverance. Absolutely. That's the one I was thinking about, too. From the fiery furnace. I mean, we could go on all night. All the, let's think of a New Testament. Anybody think of a New Testament that God delivered? Yeah. Yeah, Paul. So many times. I mean, think, think about Paul and Silas there in Philippi. And there they are in that, that jail. And how that God sent that earthquake and delivered them. Um, absolutely. What were they doing when God delivered them? They were singing. That's right. Uh, absolutely. They had a little peace in their heart that the world didn't understand about. That's right. Any other deliverance in the New Testament? Yeah, Peter, absolutely. Good. Let's give an instance. Yeah, on water, good. That's a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Rhoda was like, hey, who's at the door? Exactly, good. That's good. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They, they, they said we ought to obey God rather than man. Absolutely. That's good. Over and over. What's that? Yeah, all of them. That's right. Good. Yeah. What's that? John. How so? Yeah. That's what history tells us. We don't know 100% sure about that, but I believe, it. I believe that God definitely delivered him in the Isle of Patmos. No doubt. That's good. Yep. Yeah, that's good. That's a great one right there. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise is what Jesus said to him. Talking about deliverance. Yeah. Yeah, the woman at the well. Absolutely. They've been with men or married several times, and, and God delivered her from all of her sin. And, and Amen. That's good. Yeah, Edie. Yeah, the woman taken into adultery. He who was without sin cast the first stone. And, and obviously the uh, Lord delivered her. He didn't tell her, by the way, to go back into sin. And, and he said, yeah. Well, another one. I, I, I'm thinking of a really big one yet. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm thinking about. That's exactly right. The maniac of Gadara and how that, that Jesus delivered him from the legion. And, uh, you know, you think about all, you know, when you look in the Bible, we see it over and over again. From the very beginning to the end, we see God delivering. God delivering. If you took away all the passages of Scripture that talk about the deliverance that God delivers or delivered people, there wouldn't be a whole lot left. Now, I know there's other stuff there, but I'm talking about the theme of the Word of God. We think about the deliverance of God even delivering um, Adam and Eve. And, and all the way through, we see God delivering. And of course, the greatest deliverance of being set free is from the bondage of sin. And so the theme throughout the Word of God is that God is a God of deliverance. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? I praise the Lord for that. I'm so thankful. You know, Paul, he picks up on this, and when he said there in verse number 10, there in our text, he says, he will yet deliver us. He will yet deliver us. And we know that God is that kind of God. God will deliver. 
So here's the question. Why is it that some Christians do not get the deliverance that they desperately need? Think about it. Why is it that some Christians do not get the deliverance that they desperately need? I mean, for example, we all know Christians that need to be delivered from bad habits, need to be delivered from a a bad temper, need to be delivered from lustful thinking, from backstabbing, from gossiping, from cursing, and the list could go on. They need to be delivered from that. There are so many things in the lives of some Christians that we can point to and say they need deliverance. Just like many of the examples we see in the Bible of people needing deliverance, people today need deliverance. But it seems that year after year, they are, they're, they're, they're not delivered. They're continuing to live in the bondage that they're in. And we can't help but ask the question, if God is a God of deliverance, why aren't they delivered? Or if God is a God of deliverance, why am I not delivered? Now, we might not know the reason why a person is not delivered, but we do know this. It's not God's fault. If a person stays in a place of being in bondage, it is not God's fault. If a person chooses to continue to live in that condition, it's not God's fault. It has everything to do with the individual. Now, when I'm talking about deliverance, I'm not talking about delivering from God, putting you in a place of helping you to grow or trying to refine you. I'm talking about delivering you from those self imposed uh, terrible things that we put in our life and allow ourselves to be in bondage of sin. And so our deliverance is what I want to talk about tonight and it has everything to do with trust. Trust. Learning to lean. Learning to lean on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're going to have deliverance, you're going to have to trust in God. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get into our study. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for loving us. Thank You, Lord, for delivering us from the bondage of sin. Uh, The penalty of sin, but yes, the bondage as well. Lord, I pray that we would live a victorious Christian life. Thank You for allowing us, Lord, to know You. And thank You that You are a God of deliverance. Lord, I pray that tonight we would trust in You more. Lord, that we would live a life of, of obedience unto You. Lord, that we would live a life of peace. A peace that passes all understanding as we are trusting in You. Lord, speak to our hearts. Encourage us tonight, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so... If we're going to uh, have deliverance in our life, we need to trust the Lord. And the first thing I want to talk about trusting the Lord about is trusting the way of God. Trusting the ways of God. Trusting in His ways. We need to understand that God's ways, first of all, are not our ways. Have you figured that out in life yet? God's ways are not our ways. You know, it's interesting when you look at life, we see a lot of things that, that are like that as far as the things that are different. Things that are parallel to one another. Like, for instance, if I say the opposite of dogs, what do you say? Cats. Dogs and cats, they're different. I mean, you talk about horses and cows, they're different. You talk about, I mean, a little sparrow, and you talk about a chicken, there's a difference. Or a sparrow and an eagle. You see differences between it. Life seems to be filled with similarities and differences. There's no doubt. And, and, uh, for example, one of the problems that we have in our marriage relationships is that men and women do not think the same way. Now, if I'm going to get an amen in the sermon tonight at all, that probably would be the comment right there. Men and women do not think the same way. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. Some of you guys are like, amen. (laughs) Some of you ladies are like, amen. That's so true. My husband does not understand how I think at all. You know, it's so true. Everything about males and females is different. 
And by the way, God made us different. Can you say amen to that? Yeah, I'm praise the Lord for that. But, but we're different, no doubt. For example, when we're getting ready to come to church, ladies, what do they do? They walk inside. I'm, I'm going to just use illustration. My wife, she goes in. She puts on the nice makeup. And before that, she blow dries her hair and makes it look all pretty. I don't understand everything she's doing in there, but I know what she's doing. She's getting purdied up, you know. And she gets the perfume. I don't, I, you, know, if, you know, some ladies, it's Chanel number 5. You know, you pick it up, a little dab there, a little dab like this and like this. I don't act too feminine while I do that. I kind of feel weird about that. They, they, you know, they're, they're putting that on. They're looking all prettied up. They've got the beautiful smell going on. What else, you know, guys, what do they do? They go in there, they grab the bottle of, of Brute, Barnyard number one, yeah, brute. <laughs> they slap some on their hand. They go like this. They go like this, and they're good to go. They got it covered, man, you know. Ladies, they're not like that. I mean, ladies, what they do is they get their beautiful blouse. They make sure it's nice and pressed. Everything's right in proper order. They put that thing on, and they make sure it's just neat as a pin. Guys, I mean, they can walk over to the, the dirty clothes and pull something out, and they... Yep, smells like barnyard number one. I'm good to go, you know. Throw that thing on, kind of get the wrinkles out for a second. They're ready to go. Guys and ladies, they're so much different. And there's no doubt about that. God made us different. Now, hmm, men and women don't think the same. And I'm going to say a joke and don't get too mad at me, but I, I don't know why God made women the way he made them. I don't know. I don't. Except that maybe he's trying to make men miserable. That's all I can. No, no, I'm just kidding around. <laughs> just kidding, all right? Just a joke. <laughs> Where's my wife? Oh, she is in here. I thought she wasn't in here. Oh, no. Oh, my. But we are different. There's no doubt about that. You ladies are probably like, yeah, God wants to make me miserable, too, you know? But we, we were different. And as different as male and female are. It's not even a comparison to how different we and, and, and God, how we are. We are so different than God. And I think most of us know that, but sometimes I think we need to be reminded of it. That our ways are not God's ways. As Isaiah said in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways. My ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Man, that's so true. And since our thoughts are not the same as God's thoughts, that means that many times what he thinks I should, should do and what I think I should do are not the same. Many, most of the time, as far as when I say I, I'm talking about the old flesh. I'm talking about the old sinful nature. I'm talking about the old Brian. What the old Brian wants to do is not what God wants the new Brian to do. My ways are not God's ways. And God, God tells us that in his word. He's trying to get us to understand that. And so we face the difficulties of life, and as we face them, we have to decide, am I going to trust God's way, or am I going to trust my way? Am I going to use my thinking, or am I going to let, let God be the one that's doing the thinking? We have to make a decision. You know, even the Apostle Paul had to trust God with the troubles that he faced. Look back in our text there. Look, jump back to verse number 8 now. These two verses before we started, look at verse number 8. He says, for we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, 
but in God which raiseth the dead. Now this is interesting. This, there's so much that we see here that, that jumps out at me. He says that we are desperate even of life. Even of life. In other words, they, they were pushed to the place where they, they, might, they might not live or die. But notice how he turns that in, in a play on words. Look at the text. He says, but we had the sentence of death not on ourselves, not because of what they were doing, but in ourselves. What is he saying there? Help me out. What's he saying? What's he saying? What's that, Harold? Yeah, he wasn't relying on himself. Yeah. Somebody else is going to say? No. That's not, that's not what it's saying. Yeah, dying to self. They're saying that, hey, we were pushed to the face, place where we, we might have been killed. But, and he twists it. And he says, but we were dead within ourselves. We died within ourselves. And notice what he says, that we should not trust in ourselves. He died to himself because, listen, if they were trusting in themselves and trusting in what their thoughts were, it was a hopeless situation. They had to die to themselves and they had to put their trust in something other than themselves. Why? That they should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. Even if they kill us, God can raise us from the dead. Even if, hey, listen, God's going to raise you. From, if, if God's not through with you yet, God can raise you from the dead. I believe that. I really do. And, and that's what he's saying here. All right, so when we trust God, we can go to bed and sleep at night and, and sleep the way we should, sleep and, and, and have peace. But when we're trusting in ourselves, you realize you have good reason to worry? If you're trusting the old sinful person that you used to be or sometimes rears up within you, that old sinful person, you're trusting in your own way, your own thinking. Listen, you have reason to worry. Let me give you an illustration. If you knew you are going to have surgery tomorrow, and you were planning on tomorrow going to the local hospital here in Ludington and come to find out the guy that's doing the surgery was at the lowest of his class. I mean, he graduated last in his class. This is sounding to be kind of familiar to what happens here. Sometimes, anyway, I'm sorry. Lowest his class, and, and I'm, just, I'm just joking, all right? Lowest his class, and he's going to be doing surgery on you tomorrow, and this is the first time he's ever done surgery. Now, I don't know about you, but I would be concerned. I would be worried about that. And I'm talking humanly speaking, obviously. I'm just using it as an illustration. And I think you should be a little concerned. If the guy was like the last of his class, he's never done operation before, he's getting ready to take a knife out and cut you open. I'm like, no, I don't know about this. I think I might be going down to Grand Rapids or something like that and finding somebody that's had a little experience with this before. And, you know... When we trust in ourselves, the same thing is true. We have every right to worry. I mean, think about who we are. How do we have the credentials to be able to make the best choice for what we're going to do in our life? How do we have the credentials? I mean, are we at the top of the class when it comes to making all the right decisions? How's that been going for you in the old flesh in your life thus far? I mean, not very well. If we're all being honest about it, if we're trusting in ourselves, we have every right to worry. And you ought to worry if you're trusting in yourself. The problem is, we all seem to be doing better at worrying than we are in trusting God. That's the problem. Everyone here would admit there are times that they've laid in bed and worried all night long over something. It reminds me of two shepherds. They were out 
uh, leaning on their crooks at the end of the day, and the first one asked the second, so how's it going? The second one sighed, and he shook his head. He says, not good at all. I can't pay my bills. My health isn't good. My kids, they, they don't respect me. And my wife, she's leaving me. The first one replied, and you know what he said, don't you? Well, don't lose any sheep over it. Come on. Come on. Did you get it? I was, I was expecting my wife to look at me with one of those looks. And she just had this stare. Just, just. That, oh, that was the look. Oh, okay. Oh, my goodness. I know it's a bad one. I liked it. But you know what? There's a lot of us that have lost a lot of sheep. I mean, sleep over the problems that we have in our life. And I'm having some fun with this, obviously. But the truth of the matter is, there are times we lose sleep because we're worrying. We're worrying about stuff that literally are not in our control anyway, and we can't change, and we couldn't make. Why? Because we're trusting in ourselves. Our trust is not in God, but it's in us. And when we know the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior, when we have been born again, when we're trusting in Him to take us to heaven, why not trust in Him to get us through the day? Why not trust in Him that He knows what's best for tomorrow? Why not put our faith and trust in Him and leave it up to Him? You know what I don't worry about? I don't worry about whether I'm going to heaven or not. I don't. I have 100% peace and assurance of knowing that if I died this moment, that I'd go to heaven. How about you? So why are you worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow? Why are you worried about how you're going to get through the day? Why are you worried about that trial, that, that situation that you're going through? Steve Brown said this. He says, I once heard the testimony of a woman who said that she knew that she was a Christian now. And she knew she was a Christian now by looking at her bed. And he said, what do you mean by looking at your bed? She said, well, before when I got out of bed, it was all rumpled and I mean, torn up and tossed back and forth because I was tossing back and forth all night. Now, when I got out of bed, it's smooth as silk. Now, that might not be you. I get it. But there's a point there, obviously. She was able to sleep. She wasn't worried about it. I understand this because I remember the night that I got saved, I went to bed and I was afraid if I died that night, I was tossing and turning in my bed, worried that if I died that night, I'd go to hell. And I'm thankful I got out of that bed and went down and talked to my dad, and he led me to the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know what? I was able to go to bed that night and have peace about it. But God just doesn't want us to have just peace about where we're going when we die. He wants us to have peace about what's going to happen tomorrow, that he's in control, that we're trusting in him. And so we need to trust in Him. And, and the reason we don't need to worry is because we have a Heavenly Father that loves us and cares for us. Do you believe God loves you? That He cares for you? We have to trust in that. Listen to what uh, Peter said uh, concerning 1 Peter 5, 7. He says, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Casting all your cares upon Him. Why? Because He cares for us. He cares for us. Listen. We would not dare hang a sign outside. Let's say we put a sign up down on Jabavi and US 10 or maybe down at US 31. It says, hey, come to Lighthouse and cast all your cares upon us. How many of y'all think we should do that? Get a big billboard. Come bring all your problems, all your cares, cast them all upon us. Now, we live in a small town. It might not be a huge amount, but I can tell you this. It'd probably be more than we want to handle. I've already seen that. There's people that come here and they're asking for all kinds of things. And some things you can help with and a lot of things you can't. We couldn't handle it. But you know what, God? He says to the entire world, cast all your care upon me because I care about you. I care for you. He's not worried that he can't handle any one of those, by the way. He can handle every single one of them. All of them. Cast all your care upon him. 
And we need to do what he said. Cast it on him. Knowing that he cares for us and trusted him. He takes care of the, the, the situation that we're going through. He knows what we're going through. He knows what's best. He knows the best way for us to take. He knows every time the best choice. And so... We're going to have to trust the ways of God. If we're going to have deliverance in our life, you're going to have to trust God. You've got to start with that. Deliverance, I'm talking about very first, obviously, for salvation. Deliverance from being bound and on your way to hell is by trusting the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior. But for deliverance in the everyday life, you've got to trust the Lord. Put your faith and trust in Him. Stop trusting in yourself. And so if we're going to have deliverance, we have to trust in the ways of God, number one. Number two, trust in the wisdom of God. Trust in the wisdom of God. And of course, the ways of God could... Uh, uh, include the rest we're going to look at, but I want to get more specific. The wisdom of God. Look at verse number 9, the, the second part there. He says that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God. Not trust in ourselves, but in God. You know, many Christians don't seem to know this. What do they not know? God knows more than you. A lot of Christians don't seem to understand that concept. Now, we say we do. When I say understand, I'm talking about really believe it. I'm talking about believing it so much that it affects your behavior. I'm talking about saying that I believe it. And we all struggle with this at times. Every one of us do. I do. There's times, man, I'll tell you what, I'm carrying some burden because I'm trusting in myself instead of trusting in God. And we think that we know. And, and, and listen, God knows more than we could ever know. Many people think that they know more than God, and we believe that, that our way is the best way. But when we're trusting in the Lord, we're saying, Lord, I don't know the solution. Lord, I don't know what's best, but I know you do. Lord, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know you know all about tomorrow. Lord, I know, and I'm trusting in you. I'm going to put my faith and trust in your wisdom because I know my wisdom is not sufficient for what I'm going through. I need your help, God. I need your wisdom. Anybody think of a verse that talks about needing wisdom and God giving it? Good. God wants to give us wisdom. He won't abradeth, he, won't abradeth, he abradeth not. He doesn't get angry with us. If we ask for it, he wants to give us wisdom. But we have to go to him and ask. And when we're asking, we're acknowledging the fact we need his wisdom. We're trusting in him. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Elliot said this. True faith goes into operation when there are no answers. Think about that. True faith goes into operation when there are no answers. Here's a lady that knew something about true faith. Here's a lady that knew something about being out of control in life and having to trust completely in God and understanding that faith was needed in that, that great time in her life when she lost her husband and the situation that she went through. I think of uh, Solomon and what he wrote, and, and I think all of us could quote this verse, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Would you all say it with me together? Go ahead and put it up on the screen if you would. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Do you believe that tonight? Is God's word true? Can we trust in God? Can we believe that he has more wisdom than we have? And not to lean on, on our own understanding, but acknowledging him. And how much of our ways are we to acknowledge him? All. Not just the times when we think we can't handle it. Let's talk about all things. 
That's the problem. A lot of times we, I got this, God, I'm good, right? I got this, I'm good. Don't you love that phrase? That, that's a common phrase we hear. I got it, I'm good. No, we don't got it. And no, we're not good. We need God. We need to acknowledge Him in every part, every way, every situation of our life. And, and, and then when we get to those really big situations, we're already trusting in God and acknowledging Him. And we're trusting in Him. And we're following and, and the, the path that He is directing. We are following that. You know, Solomon was considered one of the wisest men, if not the wisest man that ever, that ever lived. And he seemed to know exactly what should be done as he faced life's difficulties. And he wasn't a perfect man, no doubt. But when he wrote this, you know, here's a man that had a lot of wisdom. And yet he even, he even understood that he needed to trust God in all of his ways and acknowledge it. But here's the problem. Most of us would admit that we face crisis after crisis and many times we don't have the slightest idea what to do. And it's in those times that we must trust in the wisdom of God. Not in our own wisdom, not in what we think, not trying to work our way out of it, but trusting in the wisdom of God. There is nothing that He does not know. Is there anything that you don't know? How much time do we have? I've been, <laughs> I read several studies this year, and I don't know why I happened upon these studies. Maybe God's trying to speak to me. I don't know. But I read several studies this year, and the, the most ignorant people in the world today are the people that think they know the most. Mm-hmm. And they actually spent millions of dollars of your government money to actually do a study to try to figure that out. Listen, I've seen my life experience... They didn't have to spend a million dollars to figure out that the, the dumbest people on the planet think they're the smartest. Am I, am I right or wrong? Really? Seriously. All right, now we're talking to ourselves now, aren't we? We think we know so much. We need to get to the place where we're like a child trusting in God as a father and have childlike faith and trusting in him completely. Remember when you were a kid, man, you just trusted your dad completely? I, I remember having that. You know what? There's times when it, even my kids, they would do something and scare me because they completely trusted in me. Like, you know, and I know I've seen it with some of you, like John and, and JB over here. John will just throw himself. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think I'm right. At the inopportune moment, JB's not expecting it, I, and I've had this happen with my kids, jumping, realize dad's going to catch me no matter what, man, putting your arms out there. Those kids have complete faith and trust. I, I've tried this with Brother Randy, but I don't want to get hurt. Um, if he came up here and I said, I trust Brother Randy and fall into his arms and he'd catch me. I just don't think he would. And I don't think it's because Brother Randy wouldn't try. I just don't have that much trust and faith in him that he is that strong. That's all I'm going to say to that. <laughs> but you know what? God is. Try throwing yourself into his arms. Yay! I'm I heard that. You hear what Brother Harold said? Enough faith to move mountains. In other words, if he had the faith of a mustard seed, he could catch me even. Is that what you're saying? I knew what you're saying there. Boy, these deacons, I'll tell you. Do you have enough faith to trust God? You need deliverance? Fall into his arms. You're going through a hard time? God's bigger than that difficulty you're going through. People lying against you, saying stuff that's not true. God knows the truth. You're going through a difficult time in your life. You can't figure out what's going to happen, how you're going to get through that health situation, that financial situation. God, he knows all about it. And he's way better at fixing it than you are. 
Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. We must trust in the wisdom of God. There's nothing he doesn't know. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows everything. We don't. And so if we're going to have deliverance, we're going to have to trust the ways of God, the wisdom of God. And thirdly, we need to trust in the Word of God. Right here. The Word of God. Are you trusting in the Word of God? Now, you can't trust in the Word of God if you're not in the Word of God. You can't trust in the Word of God if you're not hiding the Word of God in your heart. You've got to get it inside of you. You've got to trust in it. You've got to put your trust in that and not in the word of the buddy at work. Not in the word of things you heard on the news. Put your trust and faith in the word of God. Bernie May, a Wycliffe Bible translator, he wrote, he said, As an airplane pilot from the first time I sat in the beginner's seat beside my instructor, I was taught to trust my instruments. Your instincts will fool you, my instructor rightly told me. You must learn that even though you may feel that you're flying south, if your compass says you're flying east, believe it. He further said, often when a plane is surrounded by swirling mists and being buffeted by strong winds, you may feel like you are in a dive and may be tempted to pull back on the controls. But if your instruments say that you are flying level or even climbing, you better believe them. To pull back on the controls might put you into a steep climb which would cause the plane to stall, drop off in a spin, and leave you out of control. Don't trust your feelings. Don't trust your feelings. And just as a pilot must learn to trust his instruments, we must trust God's Word. God's Word is absolute truth. Don't trust in your feelings. Sometimes you read it, you go, you know what, that just doesn't feel right. It doesn't matter what it feels like. There are a lot of people today that are going to die and go to hell because it doesn't feel right and being so simple to trust in Christ as their Savior. There are a lot of people today that are living a life of, of doubt and fear about going to heaven because they don't feel saved. Even though they've trusted in Christ as their Savior, they, they know they're on the way to heaven. People think they lost it somehow because it doesn't feel. Hey, listen, there's days or times in our life we don't feel saved. But my salvation is not based on my feelings. My salvation is based on, thus saith the Lord, on the Word of God, the God that cannot lie. That's my salvation is based on from God and His Word. And He's told me, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I know I called on Him. I know I trusted in Him. I know I'm saved based on the Word of God, not on my feelings. What are you trusting in? You see, we're delivered from all of our difficulties if we learn how to trust in the ways, the wisdom, and the Word of God. There's a chorus that I've sang through the years, and I don't know if all of you know it. We do have it in our database back there. It's been a while since we've sang it, but it's a song that says this. Learning to lean, learning to lean, I'm learning to lean on Jesus. It's a good song, good chorus. And we ought to be learning to lean. We ought to lean more and more and more. And that, this is exactly what God is trying to teach us to do. To learn to lean on Jesus. And when we learn to lean on the Lord, we find a peace. We find a peace that passes all understanding. We find a comfort that comes as a result of that. Because it's no longer up to us. 
I'm leaning on him. And you know what? God is bigger than anything I'm ever going to face. God knows what's best. Even if I go through a difficulty, God knows I need to go through that. Even if I'm going through the storm, I know that he's right there with me and he's the, he is the God of this, the storm. He's in charge of it. I'm putting my faith and trust in him. And by the way, the worst thing could ever happen to me is probably the best thing could ever happen to me. If I took my last breath here on earth, what would that mean? I'd be going to heaven. Leaning on him. And if we will do that, we're going to have a peace. God's going to give us the victory. We're going to have a strength. A strength that will be seen. That people will notice and see in our life. So today, God, he wants to teach us to learn to lean on him so he can deliver us from the difficulties that we face. And we do face difficulties. And there's more to come. But we need to trust in his ways. Trust in his wisdom. Trust in his word. Let's all stand, if you would, with our heads bowed as we pray. Lord, we thank you for loving us unconditionally. Lord, we thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus, to to pay our sin debt. Lord, I thank you for salvation. For by grace are we saved through faith and that not of ourselves as a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Lord, we believe and trust in you. And Lord, we have salvation because of what you've done. We know that when we take the last breath here on earth or when that trumpet sounds, we'll be in heaven. And Lord, I pray that we would grow in trusting you for everyday life as well. That we'd trust your ways. Follow your ways and your wisdom and learn those ways and wisdom by your word. Or that we would trust in you fully. With our heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, have you trusted in Christ as your personal Savior? Are you born again and on your way to heaven? If that's your testimony, would you put your hand up? Say, yes, I know I'm saved. I'm a child of God. God bless you. God bless me. Put your hands down. Do you need deliverance? You're going through a difficulty. You've got decisions you need to make. Sometimes we don't look at deliverance the same. We think, I can get through this, but in reality, what we really need is for God to work us through it. You might be looking at your life right now and realizing that you're not trusting Him and acknowledging Him in all your ways. Maybe tonight God has spoken to your heart and that's what you need to do. You might not be facing that that terrible, difficult thing at this moment, but the time will come. And and when you get to that place, if you've been trusting in Him and acknowledging Him, you're going to be able to get through that and God will deliver you through it. You might be right now in the very midst of a very big storm. You don't have the answers. It seems like that it's all coming down around you. Listen, I don't know everything you're going through right now, but I know God does. I don't have all the answers for you, but I know that God does. I can't put peace in your heart, but I know God can. What are you trusting in tonight? Would you trust in His Word, His wisdom, His ways? That means you're going to do it His way. By trusting, that means you fall into His arms. Dying to yourself. Being alive in Christ. Is God speaking to your heart tonight? 
I invite you tonight. I want to invite you to come to this altar and just say, Lord, I want to do it your way. Lord, I want to be led by you. Lord, I need your wisdom. But I trust in you. Would you come? Would you come and ask him for the help you need in this, this moment right now you're going through? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. God speaking to your heart. I invite you to come.